You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his Welcome back to Cross Section. I'm Kevin Jensen. Glad you're here with us for another episode of The In Between, the topic of our Wednesday morning senior adults and friends Bible study as we're looking at that in between realm between human beings and God. The realm of angels, demons, the devil, heavenly and dark powers, and the spirits of the dead as they await the resurrection. Today's lesson is 8C, Demons Encounter Jesus. We'll look at some of the first uh, recorded instances of demons coming into contact with Jesus as Jesus was beginning his ministry. We'll look at the power of Jesus. We'll look at what demons thought about Jesus. We'll talk about what demons are and what they do. And we'll see a lot more about demons and Jesus as we continue to uh, go through the section of this study that takes us through the Gospels and the stories of Jesus' ministry. But for now, just some introductory material on demons as they begin to encounter Jesus and he drives them out of people and stops uh, their evil work. Exciting stuff, uh, kind of scary, except that our confidence is in the one who defeated demons all the time. And we put our trust in him. So I hope this lesson blesses you. Thank you for being a part of it today. Let's jump in. Okay, today we're continuing section 8. We're going to start in Luke, 41, uh, Luke 4, verse 31, uh, down to verse 37. This is the very early part of Jesus' ministry. Uh, last week we looked at the temptation of Jesus when he was out in the wilderness and the devil tempted him those three times. Uh, today, as Jesus launches his ministry, the first thing we run into is demons. So in the in-between realm between us and God, there are angels and there are heavenly and dark powers and there are the, the spirits of the dead before the resurrection, but there are also the devil, as we saw last week, and there are demons, evil spirits. We'll talk about uh, what they are as uh, we're introduced to them here in, in Luke. So looking at uh, the ministry of Jesus here and his power as he uh, encounters these uh, wicked beings. Uh, let's start in Luke 4, 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are! The Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are. With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Wow, what an introduction to Jesus, right? Darlene, you had a thought a second ago. That it really, I just pictured Jesus coming out and telling the devil, the demon, is the demon devil here? Uh, no, it's not Satan. It's not Satan. But it's one of his minions. It's one of his minions. And Jesus had command over him right then and there. Uh-huh. Because do we have the demons today that come between us and God? Ah, excellent question. Uh-oh. I'm pretty confident that demons haven't gone anywhere, that they're still out there. 
you know, I doubt that God has taken all of them and thrown them into, you know, prison or, or uh, you know, some kind of confinement until the judgment. I think they're still out there. Now, do we see them in the same way as we did at that time? That's an interesting question. Uh, it depends on who you ask. In the West, Christians tend to say, no, uh, the demons were around when Jesus was, but not anymore. In the East, so like Asia, Africa, missionaries who have been there, they tend to say, yeah, we, we see demonic activity. Well, there's times with all the evilness that's going on here in the United States, I do think the demons are possessing and working in people. They're still at work, aren't they? Yeah, we can certainly see the evidence of their work. Now, do they possess people? That's, that's a tougher question. Yeah, that's a tougher question. And Bob knows the answer, so we're going to go to Bob. Oh. <laughs> hey, Kevin, do you believe in exorcism then? That's a good question, too. I, you've, never, you've never been asked to do one? I have never been asked to... Oh, you know what? Let me think on that. I don't remember ever being asked to perform an exorcism. Now, if somebody asked me, I would pray over them, you know? Right. I, I would certainly pray for God's help. Exactly. I mean, wherever they go in and actually do... Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I had that power from God unless He reveals to me that I do, you know? But you it just... Faith of a mustard seed? I've got the faith of a mustard seed, but I've never been able to raise the dead. Oh, or move a mountain. Or move a mountain. <laughs> Not literally, anyway. I've never tried. I don't want, you know, most of the mountains I like, so I don't want them to move. Um, I've not been able to heal someone's illness. Although I think I've, you know, I and others have prayed for some people God has healed. Yeah. I've seen that happen. Some of them in, in really fantastic ways. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would be... Um, Hesitant to say that God does not give some people the power to cast out demons. He might. And if he wants to, I'm all for it. Um, but I've not ever seen it done in a way that I thought was, was credible. Yes, whenever I was very, very sick, the elders come and prayed for me and anointed me with uh, oil. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Did it make a difference? Well, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> of course, it was all God's time, but. Yeah, it took time. Took time, but you're here, yeah, yeah. Margie, oh. and Vicky's got the microphone for you. Can't possess us, Christians, right? That's a good question. Well, I don't. I don't think they can. If the Holy Spirit is living in us, I don't know how they can get in. Is there not that is Yes. Yes, exactly right. Well said. So I don't think they can. But there is one warning we'll see from Jesus later on. I don't think it'll be today. Uh, it's the passage where he talks about um, when a demon is driven out, it goes, goes away and roams around, doesn't find any place, comes back, finds the house clean, swept, swept out, and it takes seven other demons more wicked than itself, and they enter that person. So um, I think we do need to kind of stay on our guard and make sure we're walking with Christ, walking with the Lord, because if God's Holy Spirit sees the need to move out of us because we are rejecting him, uh, that opens us up again to demonic activity. But yeah, if the Holy Spirit's living in us, I don't know how a demon could come in and take any control. Yeah. Carolee, and then Sherry. So I'm curious, how is, is this similar to the evil spirit from God like he sent to Saul? Ah, ah yes, we talked about him a few, few months ago, yeah. Uh, it seems to be, you know, uh, God seems to have the ability to send evil spirits when he 
uh, deems it necessary to do so, or useful to do so. Yeah. Saul had rejected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so that brings us to the question, what is a demon? So what does Luke say in this passage? What, what other name does he give to the, uh, the demon? Impure spirit. Impure spirit or unclean spirit, yeah. So a demon is basically an impure spirit. It's a sinful spirit, a spirit that sins. Um, so in other places we'll see later on uh, that there are angels who have fallen from their positions of authority uh, or have rejected the responsibility or the place that God gave them, uh, and they have apparently turned against God. That they're we'll see that they're angels who follow Satan. That's mentioned in uh, Revelation uh, chapter, I think it's twelve, um, where uh, Satan does war against uh, Michael and the and his angels. Um, so apparently, a demon is uh, probably an angelic spirit, a spirit at that level uh, that has turned against God. And we just have a couple different names for them. Unclean spirit, impure spirit, demon. All those are the same thing. Uh, Beelzebub. Yeah, it's usually a name for Satan himself. Um, so I would, I, would be, I would say that's a little more specific. Um, we don't know the names of any other evil spirits other than Satan. Satan, who's also called the devil and the tempter, as we saw last week. Or Beelzebub or Beelzebul. Yeah. Cher, you had a thought a second ago. said well said we need each other there are evil forces out there that want to sway us in the wrong direction and sometimes like Simon are, uh, it's our own desires that sway us in the wrong direction so if we put people who are godly around us and we listen to them and we let them encourage us uh, that's going to really be a blessing that's going to help us a lot uh, if you know someone who you really want to see follow Jesus um, encourage them to come and just be around the church Georgia and I have somebody we're working on. Uh, oh, God. And uh, Vicki and I actually have, have a couple people we're praying for as well. Um, we, uh, we want to see them follow Jesus. You know, you can't force them. And don't push so hard that they stop listening to you. But, uh, but just keep nudging, you know. Encourage them to come and be with the church. Because that, uh, that surrounds them with people who love them. Um, that, that may be, that may, they may not expect that. They'll feel like outsiders when they first come in. But and people who love them and people who will help them to grow a, a godly perspective uh, on life and on how they live and people who will encourage them to follow Jesus. And we'll do that the right way. Yeah. Bob? Well, when I run into what I can say a lady who was demon possessed, mm -hmm. and many of you may have uh, heard her years ago. She had a, a spiritist show online. Her name was Katina DeBerry. And you could call in, she would predict your future and all that. And we went into her and 
to uh, that that's what actually brought us to become a Christian was dealing with her. Oh, yeah. Not in the way she wanted us to. But she claimed that she was 99% accurate. Well, we went home and found a scripture that said, unless you're 100% accurate, your power is not a God. Uh -huh. So we knew she had power, but we knew it was not from God because of her own admission that she could not be right all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I think there are some people out there that are involved with demons. Some by their own desire. And others maybe because uh, they weren't protected against the demon because they weren't walking with God. Yeah. Darlene? You know, this is the very best I've heard so much about the demons. But back in Matthew um, 22nd here I was reading, besides that that revolted against God, some are confined, but some are active in the world. They seek to thwart the purposes of God. They promote their own system of doctrine, and they can inflict diseases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really? Do they yes. have that power to yes. diseases? Yes. And they possess the bodies of dead animals. Yeah. I didn't know they had the power to really... Well, no, I, I give up. There's many times I'll say that's not a problem. Anything bad cannot come. Yeah, we're, we're going to see, maybe today, if we make it far enough, uh, we'll, we'll see a list of things uh, that are mentioned in the New Testament that demons could do to people. Yeah, and it's, it's a little scary. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. Let's take a look at this passage uh, a little bit more. Um, the man possessed by the demon was in the synagogue. The synagogue is like Jewish church, right? It's church before there was church. Uh, demons can go to church. So just because a person goes to church does not mean they don't have a demon. Although, I agree with Margie, if they're walking with the Lord and the Holy Spirit lives in them, uh, no demon's going to be able to control them. Right? Uh, he's, in, he's there in the synagogue and he, he encounters Jesus and he yells, Go away! He doesn't want Jesus around him. The demon doesn't want Jesus around him. And we know it's the demon speaking because... When he says, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Then he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Nobody knows that about Jesus yet, except maybe a couple of Jesus' disciples, and they're just starting to figure it out. Um, this is still really early in his ministry. But the demon knows. And so Jesus tells him, be quiet, probably because he's making a disturbance in church, you know, in synagogue. Uh, but also because of what he knows, as we'll see later. And then he commands the demon to come out of him, and the demon does. He throws the man down, but he doesn't injure him. And he comes out, and we don't know where he went. But he's not there anymore, and the man is healed. Can you imagine how good that man felt? That must have been incredible. Um, what a good day for him. And all the people were amazed, verse 36 says, and uh, this said, um, with authority and power, he gives orders to, evil, to impure spirits, and they come out. Uh, and news starts spreading uh, around the area about Jesus. People are talking about what he did because it was so uh, amazing. So this wasn't the only case. This was not the only case. I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever you say here, you know, power, uh, authority and power, he gives orders to Spirit, and they come out. That's right. It sounds like he might have been, this wasn't the only man. Yeah. 
Yeah, there may have been others. Luke's only told us about the one, but that's pretty common. You know, Jesus did a lot more than what's written down, and he could have, he could have cast out several uh, demons, possibly. Yeah, yeah. In fact, let's take a look here at um, a recurring theme that, that begins at this point in the story of Jesus as we're moving chronologically through his, his ministry. Uh, Jesus drives demons out of people. Let's look at some examples. I'm, I've pulled some out that we won't look more deeply at later. There are more than this, but we'll look at, at those others later. So we just looked at Luke 4, 33 to 35, where Jesus commands a demon to come out of the man. And uh, Matthew eight sixteen, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. So we don't know how many, they're just a bunch. And he does it just by his command. The voice of Jesus, the words of Jesus are so powerful that he can just drive out a demon by what he says. Uh, Mark 1, 32 to 34. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Okay, so that's something that we call the messianic secret. It's Jesus, uh, during his ministry, trying to keep quiet who he is. He doesn't want it to be known too fully yet. By his disciples, yes. His close followers, his apostles, yes. By the masses, no. Because, probably because the moment they figure out he's the Messiah, they're going to want him to raise up an army and, and get rid of the Romans, because that's what everybody wants. What Jesus wants is something bigger. He wants the people to come to God. He wants godliness. They want political freedom. Uh, he wants a change in their uh, orientation toward God. They want a change in, in uh, who rules them. So you'll notice uh, Jesus often tells the demons to be quiet because uh, he doesn't want his identity known just yet. Yes? And isn't it interesting that he didn't permit them. He was more powerful and had authority over them that they had to listen to him, yeah. not to say who he was. Mm -hmm. So it just backs up First John 4, where it says it's, you know, stronger is he, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Exactly right. Yeah, that's so encouraging. That is so good to know. I, I think the, the coolest thing about these stories of Jesus uh, and his confrontations with demons is uh, he is so powerful. Here you've got these beings that are just doing harm to people and are controlling people's behavior and making them sick sometimes and um, causing infirmity. And Jesus is able to drive them out with the word. He can also command them to stop speaking. Um, and he's, it is he who, uh, who has promised to bless and help us as we walk with him. And who gives us strength to get through each day. Um, and that's, that's just thrilling to me. And was the man in the synagogue, because there was enough of his um, that wasn't demon-possessed, that he knew where he needed to be, and trying to seek God, mm. but still afflicted with the demon. Oh, that's possible. That's, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But maybe there's just enough sanity in him, just enough control that he has over himself, that he's able to go to synagogue, whether the demon wants that or not. Maybe the demon's okay with that, maybe he's not, but, uh, but the man goes. So maybe he's looking for God, and he found God in a whole new way that day. 
What a cool thought. Mary Jo? Also evidence that Jesus is who he said he was. He has the power. If the people didn't see this, oh, this is just another, this is another good man, or this is a prophet. Mm. But he's not anything exceptional. Yeah. But this uh, just further, gives further evidence that he's who he said he was. Yeah. Yeah, just more evidence that Jesus is the one he says he is. That's right. And we'll see that evidence stack, you know, higher and higher and higher and higher and higher in a whole bunch of ways, including ways that we won't, won't look at in our study, but the healings that, that Jesus does of, of just normal diseases and injuries or whatever. Um, but the, uh, uh, the evidence we'll look at is the evidence of his power in the face of uh, that which comes from the devil, that which is demonic. Mark 1.39. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So you get the impression that this was just something he did all the time. That he was going around casting out demons. Um, if we are the hands and feet of Jesus today, if we are the body of Christ today, uh, I, I don't know that, um, you know, like Bob was talking about a second ago, I don't know that we can uh, just go around finding demons and casting them out. I'm not sure all of us have been given that specific authority. But I think we do have a responsibility and a calling from God to uh, go around um, helping to um, battle against whatever is evil in society and calling on people to do what is good and helping people do what is good and helping to lift them up out of uh, places where they are oppressed by evil. Um, for example, Vicki, I don't know anything about your friend's situation. Uh, maybe she is in the wrong, maybe he's in the wrong, I don't know. But uh, you know, just imagining a situation where uh, mom is, is um, seeking custody of her kids and she's in this drawn out um, you know, conflict over who's going to care for the children, what's going to happen to them. There is some evil in there somewhere. And one of the places where we um, can step in as, as Christians is uh, you know, to come beside those who are trying to do what is good and to support them and pray for them and encourage them and maybe help them in some other way. You know, and I want to say on her behalf, um, when I, she is, well, she's got a lot of me in her and just the sitting back and the waiting and watching this evil happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is very, very hurtful. Yeah. Especially with your kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's very painful. Very painful. Keep praying for them. Yes. As your prayers uh, may, uh, may save those kids. Um, Karen or Mariana, Jean, did you guys have anything to say? This, I realized I hadn't looked at the screen for a little while, so I just wanted to check. All right. Go ahead and speak up if, if, uh, if a good thought comes to mind. Okay. Um, Next passage there in, the, in this recurring theme, Luke 4.41. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God! Funny how they always shout that, right? Because uh, this is scary to them to come in, into confrontation with the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. And that's where that messianic secret becomes uh, more apparent to us. Uh, Luke explains it for us a little bit. Jesus won't let the demons say who he is. Matthew 4.24, news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So even those who are demon possessed, he's able to heal. 
Luke 6, verse 7. Oh, go ahead, Margie. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Uh, that would be in accord with Jesus' model prayer. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I think we can pray, deliver not our children into temptation, but deliver them from the evil one. Yeah. Lead, lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from evil. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, yeah, we absolutely should pray that for our kids, our grandkids, great-grandkids. Yep. Yep. Darlene? One of the most powerful things that Satan has used throughout from the Old Testament to the New and today, that when we have a loved one with disease, and we pray, God, take this away from them, and they still die. Mm. That, that's a powerful thing, and a lot of people have fallen away from Christ and to God yeah. without knowing that. And it makes you wonder this power And some people still think that way today, too, yeah. Um, disease is a, a brokenness of creation. And we sometimes Sometimes. That's right. Sometimes we afflict it in, in, on ourselves, yeah. Um, and God has not seen fit to always heal. In fact, um, I'm always struck by the prophet Elisha. He's my favorite prophet. Elisha, uh, when he's near to death, it says in Second Kings, I think it might be chapter 13 or thereabouts, uh, it has one last story about Elisha, and it says, when he was sick with the illness from which he died, then these things happened. Um, which tells me even a prophet couldn't always heal himself. You know, in fact, I don't think we have any record of a prophet healing himself if he was sick. So, um, you know, we need to understand uh, this world is not the end of the story. We are not living so that we can always be alive in this world. We are living so that we can have eternal life in the world to come. Uh, and so um, God is not always going to rescue us from death because uh, he's got something bigger waiting for us on the other side of death. Um, and so that, that should give us urgency to call people to, to repent and turn to God while they can because uh, all of us are going to face death at some point, you know, until Jesus comes again, and I hope he comes, you know, ASAP. But, uh, you know, until then, um, we need to understand there, there are times when God's going to heal and times when he'll, he'll say no. Well, your faith will become so much more powerful when you see someone who has lost a loved one and still pray to the Lord and thank them for everything else that has happened to them. Yeah. And to the non-Christian, that should bring a little more comfort to them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it takes years for that comfort to come back to people. That's true. That's okay. true. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we need to be patient with people who are grieving. They may still, uh, you know, find God's peace. Yeah. Carolyn? Two thoughts. Okay. As far as, you know, illnesses and diseases that come, the man that was born blind yeah. and the um, disciples asked, well, whose sin is him or his parents 
And he said, neither. This is for God's work to be done. So we don't know why those things happen, but there's a plan. Yes. And secondly, we look at that from our viewpoint. You know, we don't want somebody we love to be sick and hurt. Yeah. But we don't know what they're praying. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they get called home, yeah. that might be the answer to their prayer. It might be. It might be. Yep, that's right. It's good for us to think about. Our, our perspective is not the only perspective that's important there. And of course, God's perspective is the most important of all. He may see that it's time for them to come home. Yeah. Georgia? I noticed in our own family that um, our plan wasn't for our mother to die. Or, you know, in the 70s. Our plan was certainly at least 80 or 90. Yeah. But God's plan to heal things in the family was that she had to go. And without her leaving, some of the things that were positive in the family and the growth of the family were possible Mm -hmm. because she was our crutch Mm. and we needed to learn we didn't need a crutch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow, thank you for that. That's that's a tough lesson sometimes. Um, Sometimes the harder road is the better road. And God leads us on the harder road sometimes because it's good for us. Yeah. Pardon? You just have to trust God to do His will and be willing to accept His will. Yeah. Trust God to do His will and then be willing to accept His will. And I think the longer you walk with God and the more you see Him do uh, really good things in your life and in the lives of the people you know, uh, the more you can trust Him. And that's been really encouraging to me over time. That doesn't mean we don't struggle. Right? We still struggle sometimes. I still kind of struggle every time and ask God, I need you to show me again your power and your wisdom. And he does. He does. Uh, Luke, seven, uh, six, Luke 6, verses 17 and 18. Um, just another example of Jesus driving out demons. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. Uh, So it's very encouraging. People came to Jesus and he blessed them. By the way, if you bring somebody into close contact with Jesus, the only thing that's going to keep them from being blessed by Jesus is them. Or or the church. The church can get in the way if we're not behaving right. But uh, Jesus is not going to fail to bless them uh, if, if... if we don't get in the way and if they're willing to come into his presence. Everybody who comes into the presence of Jesus is going to be blessed and there's going to be healing there. Luke 7, verse 21. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. Interesting there, uh, Luke calls them evil spirits. So before it was demons and impure spirits, now it's evil spirits, which currently connects, I think, to that guy back in the story of Saul. Yeah, in 1 Samuel. And then one more, Luke 13, 32. Jesus replied, go tell that fox, meaning King Herod, I will keep driving, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. So I'm not going to stop driving out demons until my work is done. And so he kept going. Yeah, 
He called him a fox, didn't he? <laughs> Jesus apparently did not have a very high opinion of King Herod. I believe that was Herod, um, Herod Antipas, I think it was, the one who had John the Baptist executed. Um, and Jesus will eventually meet him face to face and will not be impressed. You know, whenever I get corrected when I lose my temper and open up, I think, Mom, I, I use different verses where Jesus just got a little hot under the collar and let them all out of both barrels. <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. But he, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It, I love things like this. It's my, it's my saving grace. Yeah. Jesus did it the right way. Yeah, he, you know, he did it the right way. If we could do it the right way too, all the time, we'd be perfect people. Uh, he, he, he was a perfect person. He did it the right way every time. Yeah, but sometimes he did get hot under the collar for all the right reasons. So uh, I like to say, you've heard me say it before, we should get angry about the things that make God angry and, um, be, uh, and not be angry about the things that don't make God angry. Okay, another recurring theme that we run into here, uh, we've talked about this already a little bit, demons know who Jesus is, and Jesus won't let them tell. So here are a few more examples of that. We saw this one in Luke 4, 33 to 35 already, where the demon says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God, but Jesus tells him to be quiet. Mark 1, 34, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. He doesn't want that revealed yet. Luke 4, 41, we saw this one a minute ago. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Mark 3, 11 and 12, Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. And apparently they obeyed those orders. Which makes you wonder, what, what would Jesus do to them if they disobeyed? Or do they just not have a choice? Once Jesus says it, it's like they're under his control and they can't, can't do it even if they want to. Everybody's going to acknowledge who Jesus is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, everyone will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that's right. That includes demons. And one more, Mark 5, verse 7. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. He knows exactly who Jesus is, and this demon knows Jesus is the one who can torture me if he wants to. He can, he can torment me. Uh, he can do me tremendous harm, and this one is scared of Jesus. If I remember right, that's the, the legion of demons that we'll talk about down the road a bit. Okay, let's go to Matthew five thirty-three to 37. Jesus says, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. All right, so we're talking about Satan in this case, the evil one. And this is one of the first times that Jesus indicates that Satan is closely connected to lying. Uh, later in the book of John, Jesus will say that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. He's been a liar from the beginning, a murderer from the beginning. 
Um, and so here we get kind of the same impression that if, uh, if you're not being truthful, if you're trying to convince people that you're telling the truth, but you're actually not, if you have to work really hard to convince people you're telling the truth because you don't always, uh, then that's, that's behavior that's associated with the devil. So don't lie. Don't, uh, don't be deceitful. Don't be deceptive. Be honest with people. Um, all you need to say is yes and no. You get more complicated than that. Um, and that, that comes from the evil one. Some of the background here is uh, it was common in Jesus' time just as it is now in, in a lot of countries. And I think in the, uh, the Near East and Israel and other places in the Near East. Um, it's common to try to convince a person you're telling the truth by making this great oath. You know, I swear on the grave of my, my mother or, or I swear on, you know, I don't know. Um, the history of my forefathers or I swear on my beautiful house as if to say if I'm telling a lie may God destroy my beautiful house something like that um, and Jesus says you, know, you need to be of such character that you don't have to make these oaths just say yes and no let, let that be known to be true in your class whether it was you joined the teacher one that you gave it to someone else we had quite a discussion on the little white lies. Like, do we really tell them when that dress looks good on her? Oh, yeah. And they ask, how do you like it? Uh, or do, we, do we hurt people's feelings with that lie? Right. And that was quite a discussion. Right. So still to this day, I never know if little white lies can read them. I keep saying, well, God, you know my heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can say to people. Yeah. Yeah. I do kind of remember that conversation a little bit. Yeah. It's always tricky, you know, somebody... Uh, the famous one is, do I, does this make me look fat? You know, there's no correct answer to that question. Unless, unless you can say no and it's honest, then, then you're, you're good, you know. But if, if the answer is maybe or yes, then how do you be tactful? You know, not hurt their feelings. So uh, it's, it's tough. But um, tact is important, grace is important, but honesty is important too. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. We just, uh, just mentioned this one, uh, Jesus' model prayer. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our, forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so, Margie, it's good for us to pray for God's deliverance from the devil. And absolutely, we can pray uh, for our kids, too, and their deliverance from the devil. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't stop. <laughs> Just keep on. Just keep on. Yep. Let's see here. Let me uh, check our, our status here. Okay. Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Jesus speaking here, and he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's kind of harsh. But Jesus is, is saying, God's going to be strict. And if you've been talking a good talk, but not walking a good walk, you're not going to get God's reward. You know, you're going to be sent away uh, from his blessing and, and uh, into uh, the place where evildoers go. Um, some people will say, 
and I'm, I'm sorry, Bob had to leave because uh, he might have had some good thoughts on this. Uh, some people will say, we drove out demons in your name. Obviously, we're connected to you, Lord. And Jesus is going to say, I don't know who you are. I mean, he knows who they are, but I don't know you in the sense we don't have a relationship, at least a good relationship. Uh, and so they will, they will be lost. I may have told you this story before. When I was working in Memphis, um, I was working with the campus ministry there at the University of Memphis, uh, the ministry run by uh, the Church of Christ just down the street from the campus. We had our own building right beside the campus. I could look across the street at the girls' dorms, and then beyond that were classroom buildings and such. Boys' dorms were out there somewhere. And uh, we had a little, uh, little parking lot, not very big, enough room for 20, 25 cars, something like that. And we would uh, rent those, um, or sort of lease those parking spaces out to college students who were involved in our ministry. But our rule for the parking spaces was you had to pay X amount and you had to uh, be a part of our, a regular part of our ministry. We had to know who you were, you couldn't get a parking space. But those parking spaces were in a prime location. They were right beside campus. And they were pretty cheap, too, frankly. So um, one day we had, at the beginning of the school year, when all the kids we knew were coming in and asking, can I go ahead and reserve a parking space? We had a young lady come in. I didn't recognize her. Maybe I'd seen her. I wasn't sure. And she asked if she could reserve a parking space. And, and uh, I said, well, they're only for students who are involved in our ministry. And she got upset. And she said, I came to one of your devotionals last fall, uh, last spring. And I said, well, I don't know who you are. I mean, I may have seen you. I kind of think I remember seeing you. But I don't, I don't know your name. I don't know anything about you. You've not been a regular part of our ministry. I can't give you this parking space. And she left a, in a huff. She was so angry. Uh, yeah. Kind of suggests that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a very Christian response on her part. Um, but I think that's what Jesus is saying. Just because you did a little something with me doesn't mean you were walking with me in your life overall. Uh, so what God calls us to is a consistent, um, daily, lifelong commitment to the Lord, uh, to walk with him and, uh, uh, and to do the will of his Father, as he says in verse 21. Not just to say, oh, we drove out some demons. We prophesied. We did wonderful things. Yeah, but were you obeying God? That's what it comes down to. Okay, let's go ahead and stop there. That's a good breaking point. And we'll look next time uh, in August when we come back together in three weeks. Uh, we'll look at, uh, well, in four weeks, in four weeks, taking three weeks off. We'll look at Jesus versus the powers of evil, uh, which we've already seen some of, but we're going to get into more depth as Jesus uh, deals with the devil and uh, demons and such uh, further. And Darlene, it'll be in that lesson, I think, that, uh, that we'll get into, yes, that we'll get into how people are affected by demon possession. Okay? And so we will see uh, a little bit of um, what demons were able to do to people. Still in, still in section 8, yep. And so we will be on page, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4. We'll start at the bottom of page 3. Start at the bottom of page 3 next time. Yep. Okay. All right. And if you need a new copy of the, uh, the handout, um, which is kind of our guide, scripture by scripture, if you want to look at those passages before we get together, I've got some more copies on the back table, and it's also on the, the website, uh, too. 
Okay, any last thoughts before we close up? Do not go out searching for demons today. <laughs> Stay away from them if you can. But, you know, if you encounter demonic activity, remember you are a child of God. You are protected by the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life and by God's claim on you as his child, his son or his daughter. Uh, and God loves you and you can depend on him. And God calls you as a part of his family to go out to uh, the people of the world and to be a blessing to them no matter what evils they are uh, dealing with, struggling with. So. Got to continue faithful, that's right. Yeah, got to continue faithful. Okay, let's pray and we'll close up. Father, thank you for the power of Jesus, his amazing power to drive out demons and to heal uh, those who had been uh, injured or possessed by demons. Thank you for the power of Jesus at work in our lives today. Lord, we, we have no conception of how many demons you might have protected us from, how many you have sent away from us uh, so that we would not be bothered by them. Uh, Lord, we know that there is uh, plenty of evil activity in the world around us, some caused by human beings, some caused by uh, perhaps demons, evil spirits, by the devil, certainly. Lord, protect us from that, but at the same time, uh, guide us to places where we can help people who are struggling against evil or who are the victims of uh, much evil. Bless us, Lord, and give us strength for this purpose that we may serve you faithfully and be a light to people in darkness. Lord, bless us as we go from here. Guide us in the things you have for us to do today and this week. Bless us with good health, please, uh, and uh, because that just makes life so much easier and more enjoyable. And bless us with good work to do in the name of Jesus. Lord, let us be a blessing to someone this week. In Jesus' name, amen.